Now I'm going to include first fruits or resurrection day in that talk of Passover. And second is Pentecost. And uh, they are forever connected. In fact, you can't separate them. They are one long train of days. We're going to pick everything apart so we can understand them historically, spiritually, and personally. How do they affect me and you? How do we encounter Jesus in this journey from Passover to Pentecost? So the Passover and every other biblical feast has a set day, like the first of the month or the 10th of the month, or in the case of Passover, the 14th of the month. But there is one exception, and that is, that's right, the one you're getting ready for, Pentecost. It doesn't have a set day on which it occurs in a year. It literally can't exist without Passover and Resurrection Day. Now, I should mention in this, if you follow the biblical calendar, the Jews' calendar, uh, it does, because they wanted to turn your focus away from the resurrection of Jesus. So if you look on their calendars, today is actually Pentecost, rather than Sunday, which, of course, happened because death on the cross and resurrection three days later. They changed the rules of that after <laughs> in the first century, So because too many people were coming to Jesus, obviously. So... One other note in there, so um, in terms of set days, they make everything with a set day, but it's not in, not in the Bible, it doesn't. All right, so to determine when Pentecost is, we have to arrive at Passover. Now, this is the biblical method. Then you, you arrive at Passover, you wait for the day after that Friday Sabbath, Friday, Saturday Sabbath, and then on that Sunday, you start to count for 50 days to determine when to celebrate Pentecost. So... We're literally between two harvesting seasons right now. It's a period called Siferet HaOmer, the counting of the Omer. Spiritually speaking, when you're counting days or weeks, you're not just counting, you're counting to something. And that something when, which you are arriving at is a promise. That's how it works in the Bible. And Omer is a measure of grain. It's a sheaf, all right? There were two primary grains grown in Israel, barley and wheat. Barley and wheat. The barley ripened first and was harvested at the time of the Feast of Pesach, or Passover. They were to celebrate a festival called First Fruits a few days after Passover to thank God for supplying the barley. That's the, the original First Fruits. The wheat took a bit longer to ripen, so they were commanded to wait and count seven more weeks, or 50 days, after Passover and first fruits, before harvesting the wheat at the Feast of Shavuot, which means weeks, or Pentecost, which means 50. Pentecost is also called first fruits. Why? Well, because they're bringing the first fruits of the wheat harvest this time. So you have two first fruits connecting 50 days apart. So it actually is a bit of logic there when you really think of it. At both first fruit feasts, nothing from that year's harvest could be eaten until after the wave offering was made to thank God, which is, is literally the, the whole festival of first fruits. Why? God established these festivals as times of divine renewal or newness. Hmm. So what was forbidden becomes permissible. That's your first picture. You're going to see a theme kind of rolling along. When Jesus came out of the grave, he presented to his father the first fruits wave offering of all the souls who had been locked away in Hades or Sheol. He opened the door into eternity with God for all mankind who had been trapped in sin and death. We who were forbidden to approach God became acceptable and part of the divine 
harvest. Mm. See how that all works together there? It's beautiful. When he poured out the Holy Spirit he, on Pentecost, he enabled us to go from redeemed to empowered, mm. from indwelt to overflowing. He's always taking us from glory to glory. We're not done when we're saved, and we're not done when we're empowered. There was and can be no salvation or infilling of the Holy Spirit without the cross. There is no power apart from the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Is there more to this than harvest festivals? Well, obviously, yes. The 50 days was the time it took to travel from Egypt to Mount Sinai, way back in the time of Moses. The counting of the Omer also remembers that 50 days between the Passover in Egypt and the giving of the Word of God on stone tablets at Mount Sinai 3,500 years ago. So, for 1,500 years before the time of Jesus, that's what the Jews did each year. Then about 2,000 years ago, everything changed when Yeshua, Jesus, shed his blood and died as the Pesach, Passover lamb, on the cross on the day of Passover to set humanity free from sin, death, and over all the power of the enemy. The spring feasts were about to come alive for anyone who would choose to receive him and follow him because three days later, on the day of the Sabbath, at the Feast of First Fruits, 1 Corinthians 15.20 tells us, he was raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who are asleep. So it actually perfectly tied in, if you had any questions, with, with these festivals. Now, that's a really big clue as to what Pentecost is about as well. If first fruits at Passover is an offering about resurrection, then Pentecost, which is also called first fruits, must also involve an offering and resurrection. Just has to add up that way. Just as tablets of stone were turned into the very words of God and laws of God at Sinai, so were hearts of stone turned to hearts of flesh as the Holy Spirit, the Ruach Kodesh, came upon them in Jerusalem. See, there's more to the story, always. After his resurrection, Yeshua spent the next 40 days with the disciples and told them to wait in eager expectation because the Holy Spirit would be poured out by him from heaven not too many days. And then on day 40, he ascended into heaven. Ten days later on Pentecost, while they were all gathered together at the temple courtyard to remember God's gift of the Torah and the commandments and awaiting what Jesus promised, they didn't know quite what to expect, you know, only to expect an outpouring of God upon them. Suddenly, the Holy Spirit exploded onto the scene and was poured out on those who were waiting. There were flames of fire. They all spoke in new tongues, which they didn't know, but that is just scratching the surface. Joy filled them, and courage and boldness mm -hmm. soared within them. They were the first fruits, that word is bikarim, of his power, now empowered to be who Jesus had prepared them to be. So that's just a little, I don't know, a little highlight of that one. We're going to talk about this on so many different levels, but... Uh, of course, the goal is that you might get the picture and also be freshly filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen.